In the wake of a long and terrible war, our story awakens. With a future that is challenged by evil forces and tempered by powerful magic, a world struggles to find its destiny. A destiny which you now find yourself a part of, as the prophecy has foretold. These are the savage tales of Eberron. Now, settle in and prepare yourself for the thrilling adventures of our brave crew as they seek to make their own fate on this week's episode of Mourners of Lazar. Hello, I'm Michael with Torlin. Hello, I'm Ellie as Dana. And I'm Kevin as Rascal. I am your dungeon master, Philip. Welcome to the Savage Tales of Eberron, Mourners of Lazar campaign. Tonight, Ernesto will be a little bit late, so he'll be just joining us probably halfway through the session. And the background question for tonight is, who's your biggest rival and how did that come about? Old Captain Sprawl was the most devious, misbegotten son of Kyber to sail the Scion Sea. You see, it was the third quarter of the last war, and I had my captainship, as we learned how that came to pass last week. I had garnered a bit of reputation as well by then, several decades in, and there had been some activities on the Scion Seas, our, our supply lines. There had been forays made into them, and there had been some disruption. And we received intelligence from the King Citadel by coded Rid of Sky one particular day. Karnath had been issuing letters of mark to Lazarites from the north. And so I received orders from from command. And I was to find out who was committing these forays and to stop them and, or just do reconnaissance to ascertain the nature of, of the threat. And so one morning there was an eerie fog that rolled off the Gulf of Dusk into our group of ships. And later on in that week after this dreary weather had passed, we found out that our merchantmen had been sacked. And it came to pass that one of the ships had caught sight of one of the interlitters? And interpreters? No, what's the word? Interlopers? Interlopers. Interluders. Yes. It was the Cold Hearts of the Cold Hearts Principality, a smaller group amongst the Lazarites then. And leading them was this loop of war by the looks of it, according to their tales, these dwarves. And so we gave chase, trying to hunt them down in the direction that they had been seen heading to. And we got sight of them. We readied our ballista and came about broadside. And the shipboard mage enchanted the bolts with acidic vitriol to harry the sails. Oh, and it was a direct hit. The mizzenmast of the Cold Hearts flagship quickly went up in acrid smoke. And it seemed sure we'd capture the ship until it kept moving. Even tacking against the wind, it was able to outpace us. And it led us on a chase through the narrows. And while well, Hersham the Unlucky, my first mate, he had, he advised me that we should let them go. We'd 
figured out where their likely direction to their port of call was, and these waters weren't known to us. But I ignored the young dwarf. For all our bark's draft couldn't be much taller than that oversized sloops. And, well, it was to my, my peril, and so we found ourselves run aground off the reefs of the King's Retreat off of Northern Seer by the Scion Sea, and we were condemned to be found by either our cast Carnathi or our Syrian enemies. And, well, it's another tale, but that's that was the beginning of my time as a prisoner of war. So I have to tell the rest of you, if we ever go up to the Gulf of Yingyand, where the Coldhearts were rumored to call their home, we might meet one of Captain Sprawl's descendants, and we'd be well to be wary. Well, sounds like a nasty piece of work, but I think we could take him. I think we could take him. Well, he's probably dead. He was... Not of a longer-lived race, you see. So we might be able to take his son, but he might be, you know, 15 years old. Well, I understand sometimes you need to make a list of these things. As far as arrival, gosh, I... I made a couple of people on the wrong side of me during... during my time with House Denneth, and... You know, it's mostly smooth sailing from there, if you'll pardon the pun, between High Walls and New Seer. But coming to the Principalities was more than I'd bargained for. And there were, well, people here just do things differently, don't they? Now, as there was one night last year about, uh, you know, I was, I was drinking at the Silver Eel in Port Verge, and I was alone. Torlin had some business to take care of. My friend Nil, who tends the bar, was... It was his night off. But I guess drinking alone wasn't the worst thing in the world, because it was Brightblade, and... Well, that's not a holiday for me anymore. I had some... I had some things to find at the bottom of that glass. And as I'm sitting there at the bar, just taking my time, this, oh, <laughs> the most ridiculous looking Ondarian I've ever seen, and that is saying a lot, came bursting through the door with his entourage. And he just strutted in there like he owned the place. Well, he didn't. We'd never seen him before. He came and sat at the bar beside me and started talking about, uh, well, he was a very important man and he, he'd heard I had some, some important business around, uh, around the principalities. No, he was a very important man. His name was Armand Beaumont and he had the ear of Roger Weinart himself. And he, he insisted that he should buy me a drink and tell me all about this amazing business proposition that would benefit us both. Well, yeah, look, I was, I was in the army for, for six years. I, I was intending to be career. I've got a pretty decent nose for bullshit. And this Armand guy, well, on that night alone, I was in no mood to 
humor his ego or play along or any of it. And I told him as much. I just tried to be polite about it, just said, no, not interested. And uh, he, he didn't take the hint. He became more and more uh, persistent. So finally, I just took my drink and went to go find a table. And he uh, grabbed onto my arm and made it clear that uh, he was going to get my attention one way or the other. That was when my knife came out, and that was when uh, some of the other regulars' knives came out. And well, men like that—they're not—they're not looking for prey that puts up a fight. He—he he backed down right away, started blustering about how I was an ungrateful bitch making a huge deal out of nothing and he was a very important man I would be sorry and and him and his entourage left the silver eel and we all got back to drinking I thought that would be the end of it but even though I never ran into him after that anytime I was back in Port Verge looking for work there would be uh, someone getting in my way. Someone had heard a rumor, or even worse, they'd heard that I was interested in the job, but they'd hired Armand Beaumont first. If I was looking to talk to a, a financier for my mission, well, no, they they were sorry they couldn't help me. They'd uh, they'd either heard something that made them a little cautious. Or they were already in a deal with Armand Beaumont. He was out to get in my way at every single turn. Well, I don't I don't have much time or patience for anyone like that, but there wasn't much I could do about the time. It was just me and Torlin, we'd hardly been in the Principalities a year. We didn't have too much more than the clothes on our backs, and well, building a reputation takes time. So we decided to try Regal Port since Port Verge wasn't panning out, and well, y'all know what happened next. But I don't know if Mr. Armand Beaumont will still be waiting for me when we get back to Port Verge one of these days, but when I do, uh, as the captain of my own ship, having gone toe-to-toe with Mika Rockface and Liv to tell the tale, and stolen her prize right out from under her nose, well, things might be a little different. I wouldn't put it past him to be the same old Armand, but things might be a little bit different. So, let's see what the tide brings. Guess we will just have to see. As for me, my biggest rival, his name's uh, Baron Alan Irvelka. He's a Karnath ace. And he's a real deal, a homeland hero, the way the bards sing it. Was once named one of Karnath's most eligible bachelors. Rides into battle on a dappled white skywolf hippogriff named Pale Sovereign. The voice of Karnath, a local pop ragmag, did a special on him after the war. He's practically a fashion model in that red coat of his, windswept blonde hair like he's descended from Dol Ara, piercing blue eyes. Yeah, I can see why he'd be popular. Heard he settled down after the treaty. Can't say I blame him. First time I flew against him was 89. 
Calesta and I were on patrol and we spotted a pair of Karn hippogriffs on the edge of our airspace, probably flying out of Fort Bones. We turn into each other like it's a game of chicken. And this one hippogriff splits us down the middle on the merge. Calesta and I, we're not used to flying together yet. We break away from each other. Baron pulls into the vertical and I get put on the defensive while Calesta gets tied up with his wingman. We go into a roll in scissors and he winds up square behind me in three passes. But rather than take the shot, he pulls up to my side and taps on his helmet a few times. Signals, good fight, buddy. We part ways with no shots exchanged, but there's no question about who came out ahead. We meet again in 91 over the Dolan Offensive. This time it's weapons hot, but we have the advantage of positioning in our opening sortie and we force Baron squadron back long enough to provide close air support to the ground forces. This is when Dana and I cross paths. By the time the Karns reorganized, we were out of there. But Karns made a critical error. Whoever was in charge of morale decided it'd be a neat idea to have Baron's younger brother, Wultrick Irvelka, join him. Brothers in arms, right? Stuff looks great in the papers. Problem is, Wultrick was a shit rider. Didn't have the, the talent or the disposition for air combat. 994, skirmish over Lake Seer, our squadrons meet again, and this time it's the Karns put a green rook in the air with maybe two hops to his name against us. And for all the Baron's skill and all the talent he surrounded himself with, he could not keep Wultrick in the air. And we sent him down into the drink in Delura. Now, I don't claim to know any man's mindset, but just from what I've read and what I gleaned, Baron knew his brother wasn't up to snuff. The decision to send him up came from above. You might be a national legend, but when your pension comes from the state, they give the orders, even the dumb ones. <laughs> Six, especially the dumb ones. And if he soured towards his nation after that, look, I don't think anyone would blame him. But sovereigns know he had to have hated us. He put two of our hippogriffs down in return, and a third had to limp back and go on the men by the time that furball sorted out. But what I do know is that Lord Baron Delin Valka, he was a demon in the skies. And for all the love I found in flying, sight of that dappled white hippogriff and its red rider would shoot the fear into any Sky Knight's heart. Sovereign save you if he come if he came at you from above. Nice. Thank you, everyone. Who has uh, the recap tonight? That is me. Well, this island, it's a strange place. It's got a bad air about it, even if it weren't a place where where Tamroth, Grimshaw, and Sindara Quinn are in trouble. You know, we uh, started making our way towards that fishing village we'd spawned. We traveled for a ways and found this tent just out there in the middle of nowhere. We'd spotted from up top earlier and looking for signs of life found some, not Grindelow, but some kind of footprints, more humanoid, and then some uh, creatures started coming out of the tent. Never seen anything like it before. Horrible things, but Torl and Russ made quick work of them. Inside that tent, still no sign of Tamroth or, or Miss Quinn, but whole other mystery. There was a lot of money in that tent. There... Or some gems, some some other things, and a, th- a real nice thrainish wedding dress. Money's money, and we're in desperate need. We took what we could carry and kept on moving. Got turned around a bit. 
Sometimes Truco's confidence gets the best of him. At that point, Torlin decided to consult his magics or spirits or whatever it is he's talking to. I don't even know. See if we're going in the right direction and what we might find at the village. And he starts playing and then he just dropped to the ground. His eyes were wide open. He wasn't moving. He wasn't talking it. He doesn't think he got cursed. Russ doesn't think he got cursed. I don't know anything about this. I'll take him at their word, but... Wow, that wasn't a good sign now, was it? Anyways, we eventually found the village. It was another dead end. Still no sign of Tamroth or Sindera, but we did find some boot prints leading back off from the beach to the jungle, which was a good sign. If someone made it off the ship and made it off on their own way from the Grindylow, that, that's got to be their prints. Russ said those tracks couldn't have been more than a day old. So, as that's all sinking in and Torlin and Truco are doing a quick sweep of the village just in case, and Russ decided there was no more time for waiting and he just took off into the jungle. Well, I knew that was coming. He... He'd been real antsy about things, but in this kind of situation, as the captain, as the leader, I could—I had to go after him. I told him in no uncertain terms it wasn't going to help anyone if he went running off by himself. And I could feel him under my hand there on his shoulders start to settle a bit, but when I got him turned around to look at him, he wasn't just impatient. I've seen that look before, not in a few years, but I've seen that look before. But I think he'll be fine for now anyways. It's good enough to keep going, so we kept going. Made it back down to the beach we'd landed on. In the end, Torl and Russ decide to go off investigate the field. I head up the ridge with Truco and Sil to keep an eye out for their signal. But there's screams coming from up that palisade on the ridge and Kyber, I think I might be too late, but we'll find out, won't we? Thank you. So, Dana, hearing that scream, what's your course of action? What's my position at this point? You said I was quite far up the ridge, but how far am I up the ridge? Um, you weren't that, you weren't that far up the ridge. You know, you were a bit more towards the bottom. Yeah. I mean, you um, think hearing that scream and no way for me to tell Russ and Torlin what's going on, I just say to Truco and Sill, we have to move. Double time it. And we are we are making our way up. I'm going to tell them to... We, there's still some daylight, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Don't... Yeah, we are... We're going to double time it up there, Get still be keeping an eye out for the flare, but time is of the essence. I want to get us up to kind of just being in the brush to be able to watch, you know, to be able to see what is happening before I make a call on how to proceed, but getting up there ASAP is, is now the goal. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> um. You know, as you three start double timing it, you hear some more scream. And then it then it kind of stops and it stays silent. 
Oh, good. Yeah, we're we are moving as fast as we can through the jungle up the hill. Okay. So Russ and Torlin took care of the crabs down on the beach. Then you guys began moving into the the cornfield, the overgrown cornfield, correct? Maybe so, yes. Yeah. Excuse me. Uh, I believe so. So what's your what's your intention with this? How are you how are you proceeding through? I mean, like I said, the, the corn is very wild and overgrown. I mean it's good eight feet tall. It's definitely not in clear, clean rows or anything like that. It's very Ruskell, maybe what do you ascertain is the perimeter of this? If we both go in opposite directions, we can look around for tracks leading in. Any That's sort it. of humanoid footprints. Yeah, that sounds like a plan to me. Yeah. Or even something looks like Slytherin, you know, octopus stuff, maybe. Or even just signs of life. And Somebody. that was also a, a prompt for the DM. There's some... Can we ascertain the dimensions of this thing? At a glance? It's, it's a pretty large field. Where you guys are at, I mean, as far as it being wide, it's probably 100, 100 yards or more. And lengthwise, you imagine it's longer lengthwise away from you, down towards the south, than the width you're seeing from where you're at. So, am I hearing with that that you, you guys are you're splitting and kind of going? Are you tracking the edge of the corn, uh, the cornfield, or are you going like into it along the edges? Well, with it being eight feet tall, I mean, Doran is not going to be see, able to see over the top. Uh, yeah, I think I think going around the perimeter, and then maybe if we get to the far side, we don't find anything. Then then Russ will go up through the middle. But first. Hey, Torland, do you still have that, that med kit with you, by chance? Oh, yes, I do, as a matter of fact. Yeah. I think you I took it for something. Yeah, I took a, a good smack from, from that one that jumped us. Come to think of it, I'm starting to tire out, too. I think I got uh, got my leg a little bit. I just I just need to compress something. My wand arm is, is starting to feel a little laggy. Probably gonna yeah. take us some time, though. At least what ten minutes? I would say take it less than that because the level of fatigue from bumps and bruises, especially from the quick encounter that we had last time, you could definitely see is it's not fatigue so much as you sustain some minor injuries, some scrapes and bruises or whatnot. Not enough to cause a wound, but enough to affect you, kind of thing. So you both got some some cuts or some bruising, or so using your healer's kit, you can relieve the level of fatigue that you got from bumps and bruises. All right. So we'll, we'll say it probably takes about, let's say five minutes. Can I do it without the healer's kit at a penalty or is it required, the materials? Item states five uses, see healing, minus one to healing checks without. I've already got uh, a negative two. I'd like to not take any more penalties. You know? <laughs> That's also very fair. You have... I mean, for this. Are you looking you real tired, or just a little tired, there, Ruskill? Rusk is looking pretty rough. Not gonna lie. So, if you want to try it without the healer's kit, then yeah, sure, you can do that for this. Okay, I'm pretty sure I've only got three three uses. So, if I use two, that's pretty much it. So, let's. You want me to make two rolls? Yeah, it'd be one for each. Okay. You may want to do your, yours first because if you do heal yours, then. 
That sure. will take away one of your penalties from him. Let me just look at my uh, adventure card real quick. Does he also have healing? Can we do a support I, roll somehow on this? Russ is trained. He has a D4 in healing, so I can support. Why don't you help me out with this, this compress? That way I won't have to use my teeth. I will support Torlin in his role of healing me, I think. Yeah. yeah. My, my uh, general rule of thumb is if you're proficient with the skill, more... Is that a oh, oh I guess oh I'm not I guess I'm oh not playing my teamwork card. <laughs> First roll of the night, and that's a snake eyes. Fortunately, it is just a support roll. Yeah, yeah support but roll actually makes his roll more difficult. It does, but he can still pass at that roll. It's a, it's a good thing I dyed my hair today because the gray hairs are popping. <laughs> I'm at a minus two now. So minus three total. Okay. All right. Here we go. And it's time for the Torlin. And that's a minus one, and that's a one. Oh, man. And there's that's an a five. There's an All right. <gasps> so okay. you heal your level of fatigue, Torlin. Okay. Shall I also apply the minus two to now using it on uh, no, Risco? It, it, it's a completely different thing. Do you have any idea how that crit fail played out there, Russ? What time of day is it? The sun is rod- riding low in the sky. The sun will be setting soon. <laughs> kind of like, technically it's in the process, but it hasn't started crossing the horizon yet. For a crit fail... I think some of the supplies, like whatever Russ is using to heal Torlin, whether it's like gauze or whatever, he goes to to grab it and like his hand just is shaking so much at this point that it winds up dropping and then Russ goes to get it and winds up like stepping on it and either, you know, breaking or tearing or whatever the supplies were, but those are gone and mashed into the dirt. Yeah, we'll say that. So with the crit fail, you're only like lightly using the healer's kit, right? And Russ really kind of screwed things up and destroyed some stuff. So you did actually take a use from the healer's kit. Russ, go me have that gauze. Did you find it? I'm sorry, Torlin. I'm I'm not in a good way. It's you lost it. I yeah. I mean, it's not useful now. Study on there. We'll we'll make do without it. All right. Well. Yeah, you sit yourself down. Let me, let me get a hand on you. There, show me that arm, and I'll roll my healing check. Well, uh, this one, Russ can support you on this one as well. So, support rolls yeah. first. Uh, and I'll go ahead and get that done. Where is my healing? There you are. There's an ace on a d4, and I needed that. That's a five. Rolling. All right, I'm just gonna play my adventure card because why not? This is going to double the bonus from support goals. Uh, so that would... Teamwork. I, I'm at a loss for how to actually... Here we go. Play card. There we go. Teamwork. The bonus from all support roles is doubled this round. This applies to all allied characters. Yeah, so that's a plus two, netting you a uh, plus one total. Mm-hmm. Since you're at a minus one for... And that's a ten. 
Nice. Okay, so I think that's still gonna heal one fatigue level because the fatigues are from two different sources. That's still the bruised ribs in the storm, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah, Russ is still riding that one. Well, if I could see your face, I'm sure you'd look spry as a as a young pup. I learned okay. all sorts of medic tricks from from Dana's great grandfather, you know. All right, hop to it. Let's get a move on. Just imagine like Torlin just like slaps Russ on his injured arms. <laughs> so who's heading to the east and who's heading to the west? Russ will take the west. I'll take okay, the east. So mainly looking for tracks or any signs of life in there? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Also, though, I don't know if you would need common knowledge for this, but Russ also, if they're planting crops in an ocean, fresh water has to come from somewhere. Unless these are not freshwater crops, but usually agriculture demands some measure of fresh water. That's that's pretty reasonable. Now, to see to to locate a freshwater source or something, that would require something. The core in there would tell you it's just like, okay, there is fresh water someplace. Yeah, Russ is just gonna be looking for any signs as to how fresh water specifically got to the fields. Buckets, ditches. You know, irrigation, there might be a settlement that it leads them to, or a well, which normally you would build a settlement around the well. But primarily he is looking for more tracks, but that is something that's on his mind as well. Right, okay. So Dana and Truco. Yeah. As you're running up, you begin to kind of crest the rise. You haven't heard any more screams or anything like that. Um, okay. And up, up on the top of the ridge, as you guys are panting a little bit, um, yeah, I don't think I need you to roll for anything. You guys didn't move that far. So you come to a well-built timber stockade made out of bound logs together, you know, a good six, seven, eight feet high each. And it surrounds some small, like, lodge-type structure that you have a hard time seeing through, through the outer wall. In a jungle clearing, there's it's wrapped in vines, and there's a great tree that rises from within the stockade. And okay, about about how how wide is the front of the stockade here? Like, if I want to start moving around it. So it's kind of a path that you've been following. A path that goes up the ridge, kind of comes there. There's a door that's built in there that's kind of a jar, right okay. here. You know, and it's, I mean, it's 20, 30, 40 feet around, kind of a regular shaped, around a large tree that's providing a lot of, both a lot of shelter and blocking out light. And I don't see anyone guarding the garden around that open gate. Give me a notice roll. And might as well say, is there anybody who wants to run Truco for this? Can make a notice roll with Truco? I'm here. I'll take it. Sure. What did you... No, I don't want to make you private. And Truco got a four. <laughs> None of us got a raise, huh? I'm going to Benny mine just for kicks. That is worse. That's a three. I'm holding with this raft of fours. Sil gets a three? Yeah. So... Truco kind of notices uh, a little stream of water that's coming down from out, out of the palisade. Okay. Uh, 
it's not very wide, but it is kind of coming down. You know, the door is slightly ajar. And Dana, you hear some sort of sound that you can't quite pin. It's almost like scratching coming from inside the stockade. Coming from inside the gate? Yeah. Right. Neither of you are proficient in survival, correct? I am untrained in survival. Shuko is untrained in survival. Now still roll for something. Okay. Hearing that scratching noise, I'm going to send Truco. So I want Truco over here. Is that something he can climb, that kind of vine-looking thing? So this is our vine. This is a large tree. This is the canopy of a tree. That's hanging over. This is the palisade wall that was kind of like wrapped in uh, vine-made rope. It's clearly uh, humanoid-made. It's about six to seven feet tall. There's a door right here that's ajar and open. So you can kind of see in or go in. How rough is the palisade? Is it climbable? There's not much that's a problem for Truco. But palisade is definitely no problem for Truco. Right. I'm going to tell Truco... It is is not a high-quality stockade. Yeah. So I'm going to tell Truco to climb the stockade here and take a look inside. I'm going to move up the other side of of the ajar door to try to see what I can see, but I'm I'm looking for a report from Truco here. And And then still sticking with me. So you can climb up. Both of you can give me notice checks another five for Dana. That's a double ace for Truco. Wow. Followed by a pair of ones. So that's that's funny. I am going to have Truco spend a penny on this. It's another pair oh, of aces. Wow. With another ace. <laughs> 17. Truco, 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 my man. Alright, that's a 17 oh, from Truco. I would be proud. So from where you're at, you see that there is another building, kind of lodge built right okay. here. You do see a window kind of on this side. You can't get a good angle on it, especially the way it's kind of built. It looks like it's built up a bit, kind of on like a little raised platform. And you also do see that there's a spring right here that seems mm-hmm. to be bubbling up from underneath the tree. Okay. Truco, 17, success with three raises so uh you climb up to the palisade and you're looking over you see the same stuff what you also notice actually is over on this side of the palisade there's a little like wooden platform that goes up to the top of the palisade and on top of there affixed to the stockade there looks to be a spyglass that's kind of pointed down the ridge you do kind of notice that there's flies and gnats flying around the lodge you smell the smell of decay and rot and death. And you also hear what you think is like a chewing and crunching noise from inside the lodge. There's something in there pointing at the, the lodge. All right, Sil Truco, I can I can see a window down on on one side. Truco, get me a look in that window. 
I'm gonna I'm gonna hole up by the door, sill you're with me. I, I mean the door of the structure. The door of the stockade right here yeah. where you're at? Yeah, so I kinda wanna move up around uh It, it around looks like we're, we're clear up until the building inside. Okay. Then Sil and I'll get ready at that door. You get up to that window. Tell me if there's anything blocking the window or if it's just open or not. And let me know what you see. Okay. Is there a way that I can take a route that will get me to that spyglass? Yeah, sure. I do want yeah. to take the spyglass with us. Just just along here? Yeah. Yep. You climb up the small platform and you actually notice that the spyglass is attached to the thing. And it seems to be... How attached is it? What? What's the word am I looking for? It seems to be fixed in a position where it's looking at one particular spot. It's actually, it doesn't move around. Hmm. Oh, I want to take it. But I also want to look through it, but I also want to get to the window. Uh, 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 it is, What's the hold up? It will take a little bit of work to take it. So it's not a quick, I'm just popping it off and putting it in my pocket. So okay, if well, you want to take this, it's, you're going to have to work at it. It's, it's not going to go away anytime soon, so we're going to go to the window. I assume stealthily? Yes, yes. Yep. All right. So, back with Russ and Torlin. So, you de both definitely give me notice checks. Russ specifically said he's looking for tracks. Yes. So, you can also make a survival roll. Torlin has a five. I had a plus one by accident there. Uh, I am spending a Benny. I only got a three, but that's even worse on the notice. So I will go ahead and leave that and move over to the survival. That's a four after penalty, and I'll hold that. So fail on the notice roll for us. So both of you kind of notice in a couple places that there are these stakes that have been driven into the ground, probably about person height. And there's been a head that has been plunged into the top of the stake. Flies kind of swarming around it. And they're pretty desiccated and kind of picked over. They're mostly just skulls now. Little bits of flesh hanging off of it. Oh, Russ, given that we have uh, different sorts of humanoid races from the shape of the skull can we kind of glean some information about the previous inhabitants of this island dwarves you can make a, humans you can make a healing check for that yes 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 is that something you're opening up to rascal as well you're proficient in healing so if, if that yeah. was something that you would investigate sure yeah that'd be a five for Torlin. that's a three for rascal and i'll hold it uh, so, Torlin, you come across uh, two of these different things, kind of like on the outskirts of the cornfield. The first one is the head of a humanoid, a human. I mean, the second one you can tell is the head of a, a dwarf. Okay. So, Torlin kind of goes off towards the east side, Russ, and you're immediately, you know, kind of looking down at the ground. Notice one of these goals you check out. Can't quite make a heads or tails. I mean, it's humanoid, you're quite certain. You just really can't tell what kind of humanoid. You do notice, kind of almost where you guys came in, there is a, a very hard to discern path that does kind of go into the corn maze. But it seems to be the only one, at least from 
where you're at up up on high. I don't know if you'd want to go in or not based on that. I'll point it out to Torlin when we when we re-meet up. Okay. And so then you move around the side. You can't find any recent tracks in or out of the cornfield as you kind of skirt the side. What did Torlin get for his notice check? I believe it was a five. Five. Okay. And you do notice like most these stakes with skulls that you find, there's there are bot flies just kind of swarming around them. Well, it's a good thing area. that the flies never seem to go for the short individuals, but I, I don't envy Riskel on the other side of the field right now. So you two kind of end up meeting up down on the south side of the cornfield. Ah, Riskel. Uh, and I'll, I'll let your survival roll hold. You do not notice the path come out on this side of the cornfield. What did you see? There's a... It's hard to tell, but there's some sort of path going in. I thought I would have seen an exit around here, but... I I didn't see anything of the sort on my side. It was just... Did I see corn rows? Of no, what's... everything's too wild here that it's it doesn't wild. look like... If it was initially planted in rows, it has been overgrown long enough that the rows have effectively kind of disappeared. That path, did you see any sort of footprints? Any kind of trail? I didn't really notice, but... Uh, I mean, a trail, yes, but but footprints... No, nothing... Nothing like what we were seeing back over there in the at the village, back up to the north of the island. Very well, then. I think that that makes it a low priority, then. What, what do you say? Go meet agree. back up if- with... If they tried to drag Sandara and Scrimshaw through here, it, it should have, you know, left either There'd more marks or something. Yeah, flattened husks and corn and lying around. Don't, and, yeah. yeah, don't get me wrong; it's all a source of curiosity, but we got priorities. Indeed, indeed. Torlin just swats a bot fly off of your ear. All right, we're gonna join the others. Yeah, yeah. All right, Russ is gonna take out the wand from his hip, point it towards the sky. Kidu, and up goes a yellow flare. And that meant that meant we did not find anything. We are headed in your direction. Okay. Green green would have been we found Sandara. Red would have been send assistance. We're getting our asses kicked. Okay. And both of you can make another notice check. I well, how how are you heading back up to the ridge? Are you going to try and reconnect with the path again, or do something different? I think so. There was that fork, right? So we should yeah. be able to make our way back to the fork and go up through the go up the path. I think that's the smartest move. What do you think? Well, it looks quite sheer from here. I'm not it's sure. It's not if there's sheer any... so much. Uh, I mean, it is steep. It's very overgrown with uh, jungle brush and trees and all that kind of stuff. That's actually the biggest obstacle of going cross country. Oh, and I'm a dwarf. I'm quite knowledgeable about rock what sort of what sort of cliff is it choss is it no good for climbing or could it be quite scalable it's a walk up it's not a cliff side it's a steep angle but it's it's kind of like that angle that's pretty steep to hike up but not steep enough that you actually have to climb and break out climbing gear but it could just be a, a bit of a scramble i'm not sure it might be faster to 
take a direct route. I'm quite nimble amongst the rocks. Well, that's actually what I was saying, is the whole ridge line is overgrown with jungle. So not only is it steep, you have thick brush, jungle brush and trees that you would have to be going through. We'd be bushwhacking. Yeah. Okay, never mind. Pretend I didn't say that. I didn't say that. <laughs> but I see the gears turn in your head. Let's get Just back the to the let's get back to the pile. The sky said that. Uh brother, you can give me notice checks. But yes, I do have stone cunning, which gives me a notice roll at plus two within that's ten a... feet of unusual stonework. Oh, but that's a crit fail for Toril and uh, Ho. I will throw one Benny at this for fun. Oh man, do I want to throw one more Benny at this? Do it. I got three. Yeah, let's throw one more Benny at this. Nope, luck's not with me tonight. That's going to be a three at the highest. Okay. Last one there is a rotten grindy though. <laughs> oh, you're on now. So are you peacock Russ? Can't turn down a challenge. Clearly. All right. I guess that's the, the defeatism. I'm still, Russ is still, you know, got that one point of fatigue. So he throws out that challenge and we got to, we got to hold to it because we're probably going to lose. Yeah. So back up the uh, hilltop at the stockade. I actually want to walk it back and take a look in the window myself. But if Truco need, can like help, you know, give me, give me a step with his hand, depending on how high up with it it is. So we will say... Firstly, as Truco's like checking out the spyglass, notice that it's pretty fixated both in position and on top of the stockade, you see yellow sparks fly up in the air. Little okay. yellow firework that shoots out and then kind of hangs down from uh, what you believe is down the, at the beach. Right, backup's on the way, but we might not be able to wait. Truco, help me, help me get up to that window. Okay. Just curious, um, was the, the was the spyglass pointed in the direction of the fields? Since no. it's fixed in position. Okay. No, the flare would have kind of come more from this direction, whereas the spyglass seems to be looking in this direction. More southwest. Got it. All right. Yeah, we're gonna go help Dana and give her uh, a little boost if she needs it. If Truco's <laughs> not strong, then him and Sil can just make a step with their hands like this. Maybe, this is basic. Would, Have you guys never played Army of Two? This is basic would, stuff. Would you Would you rather I, I climb up and, and look and tell you what's inside? I could do that. I know. I just, uh, I think it's better if I go first. Truco, Sil, make, make me a step. Let's get uh, up so there. So Sil can help out in particular because Sil's, uh, everybody make a stealth roll because I assume you're doing this. We'll call it a group roll. That is a ace six on the wild Trico. die for Dana, four and eleven on the stealth. We got was that six Still for Truco and ace for Sil for a five. So yeah, so everybody's sneaking up. You come up, you make a little kind of help go up, look in the window. So you won't be able to see until you get there. So there's a door in the lodge right here, Dana. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's you know it's probably. 20 by 20 in size. The light, there's no light in here whatsoever. It's really hard to see something. You see shadows and stuff. Well, give me a notice check. Okay. Got another ace. That is a 10 on the notice check. You can't tell clear details because of the lack of any light, but it's chock full of a bunch of furniture. You see a 
uh, a bed strewn with some stuff. You see uh, what seems to be a desk. You see a little cooking area, it seems. There's some barrels. I mean, it's pretty like jam packed with stuff in here. Can't quite make out everything. And you see kind of like off in this corner over here, you see a, a hunched over figure with its back turned down on the ground on all fours. And you got to raise, it seems to be over some sort of body. You you hear chewing. All right. Uh, is the window solid or just an opening? It's just an opening. How big and is it? There is a door right here. How big is it? I mean, it's big enough for you to fit through if you're thinking of going through. I'm thinking of leaving Syl posted up there with her crossbow. If there's any rocks or tree trunks or anything that can get her positioned as a sniper. Not really. It's kind of the way the angle is, it's too high and she is a dwarf, so she's a little bit shorter, right? So she can't quite make the window to really see through in a good way. All right. What I'll do in that case is out of my satchel, I pull one of my balls of alchemist's fire and say, hang on to this. If I tell you to throw, throw it in that window. Wait for my signal. Still nods. All right, Truco, let's go. Truco and I are going to go around to the door. And at this point, I'm just going to uh, go straight for that figure that's eating something. Grab it and throw it off into the side, into the corner. Okay. Need to roll the 11 for stealth? Yep. And I want Truco to, you know, just be like at, at the ready, I reckon. Sure. Yeah. We will uh, draw some cards here. Okay. All right. Truco has a king, so Truco can go first. Okay. Uh, we'll hold action. Go on hold. Sill's next. Sill will go on hold. What did Dana get there? A two of spades. Oh, okay. And it Everyone is else your is... turn, Dana. Yeah, as Guardians Redirect flares up around me, I'm just making straight for whoever is eating someone else, grabbing so, them, and throwing them into the corner. Off of whoever is Go ahead and take off the power points. Walk off two power points for that. Uh, this, this is flavored for melee. Sure. Okay. Give me an athletics roll. Okay. With drop gives you plus four. Come on, big money. That is not big money. Well, since you have the drop, you have a plus four. So that that would be that would be a seven. Uh, Is this an opposed roll? Uh, Yeah, it's essentially kind of like a grapple push type thing, which is an opposed roll. Yeah, you know, in that case, I'll but it spend... Would be, I would say, mechanically speaking, I'll give them a penalty because you do have the drop. We'll finish this roll up and then welcome Ernesto in. Hello. The, the, the ah. real Truco. That's... <laughs> yes, the real Truco Do we have the drop? Do we have the drop at some point? You have the drop on us, I have to say. <laughs> yeah, I'm spending money. Let's okay. Let's get big on this. I don't know what you're talking about. I am the real Truco. 
<laughs> okay, oh, that's, that was a really bad that. idea. That's another that critical failure. That is quite an impression, I have to say. I just went from a seven to a snake, guys. Okay, here Oof. we go. Oof. All right. So, uh, welcome in, Ernesto. Thank What's you. I'm, I'm here. I'm here now in this moment, this precise. You are here and you are in this encounter, so... Uh, yes. All cylinders, my friend. Anyways... Let's resolve this critical failure, huh? So, oh, no, a critical fail. I didn't even notice. Yeah. Just as a quick recap for you, Truco, you and Dana heard some more screaming. You guys double-timed it up to the top of the ridge. You got to a stockade. Uh, somebody built some sort of structure here with, with logs. They're about six or seven feet tall, surrounding this huge tree, which is kind of in the center right in here creates this big canopy inside the stockade you actually you climbed up and were noticing you saw a spyglass there a little platform that led up to it with a spyglass in true right. truco form you went up over to it to take it found out that it was both fixed on the stockade and fixed in its position too so it wasn't interesting it wasn't moving around so we'll look at other places it's looking at one place in particular the three of you you, Dana, and Syl kept moving because you also smell decay, rot, death, and saw a bunch of flies around this small lodge building. There was a window down here. Dana looks into it. She saw somebody. You guys go right around the corner. Dana runs in to grab the person, throw them off. However, as she's like going through the door since the sun hasn't quite gone down yet, but especially as a human underneath the tree and stuff like that, it's almost worse because this can be some of the darkest time of the, of the day, really. It's often even darker than nighttime, right? So you don't even notice that there's actually a step up into the lodge and your foot just catches it. And you stairs just like- Stairs again, really, really? This is how we're doing it? Stairs again. Crit fail, hype team, woohoo. <laughs> I didn't say stairs, I said a step. It's basically the same thing. All right. Um, um. And you just like pitch forward in, tumble, and you suddenly you, you hear this kind of like hissing and growling, and you see this figure turning around that has the super long tongue out, and it kind of brings up this claws, and it looks like it's coming at you, blood and gore dripping off its mouth. Truco is technically uh, on hold right now. Real quick, before I end my turn, even though I'm thrown off guard by tripping again. When I see this other, this new ghoul coming at me, the panic quickly turns to, oh, it's on now. So I'm gonna invoke level-headed using my martial flexibility for next round. And does Truco cease? Oh yeah, you see okay. large right town creature. You, right you were right behind Dana going in, getting Dana's back, and you just see her like pitch forward and tumble into the darkness of the lodge. You do have low light vision, right? Uh, I do. I think so. So you do see better than she does. You didn't look in the window, so you didn't get a good look or anything. But now that you're at the doorway kind of looking in over Dana, you see this this creature there that's just has this hideously long tongue coming down. It looks very similar to the ghouls that you encountered earlier, except it's not a female in dress or anything like that. Right. Is Dana falling from this? Yeah, Dana fell down on the ground. Fell down. And you do notice 
there's blood kind of hanging down off of it as it kind of like drops looks like a chunk of a body that it was eating all right just to clarify from my perspective is i am at the top as well step up into the lodge so it's not much taller than you all right so i will technically make eye contact you would look up a little bit nothing super significant all right seeing this situation the perspective is she fell into the building i am outside the building so i'm gonna try enter the building and i'm gonna try to jump behind this creature and try to stab him basically and i and i will add that i will try to grapple it so as you move right next to it and try and grab it this horrible stench of death and decay and rotting meat assails you and you you become distracted you can still act though but you are distracted okay. now go All ahead right. and make an athletics roll uh athletics roll there we go that's a uh, three which i will i don't know where from where that three comes from okay that's status and i will benny that with my elon edge which adds a plus two that hopefully would save me in some ways. Now that's a one. I will bend that again. <laughs> and that is a bit better. That's an eight. That's an eight? Yeah. Keeping the eight? Yeah, it can be the eight. Well, I guess you don't have any more bending, so. Yeah, yeah. A, I don't have much of bending. Oh, wait. I, I have smelled worse, but still. Somehow, you. You startle it and get the upper hand. I think that actually means it is bound and entangled. All right. However, it being bound, you come in around the waist and kind of get in it like a like a full Nelson. So it can't really move or respond or anything like that. But you are vulnerable since you have it bound. True. And Syl would kind of get in, and Syl sees this thing, kind of freaks out. All right. She's going to take a shot at it. You hear the twang of the crossbow. Just as you're kind of like wrestling it back, the crossbow just goes by it and misses it. Hit him, not me. Just shouting. <laughs> Truco, three of clubs, so he gets new card. Ace of clubs instead. Mm-hmm. Dana, do you want the six of hearts or ace of spades? Ace of spades, please. And the ghast has a nine of clubs and Syl has a two of hearts. Dana, you are overcome with nausea as you also smell this decay and rot. And you too are distracted. So Truco, you can go first. I will, yes, I will go first. And I imagine Truco like He's a bit smaller, maybe, or maybe the same, it's to, uh, same height. But anyway, he was like legs wrapped around his, around his waist, and he's like up there and just like trying to grab him. Sure. As he's going, he's going with with one hand that is around his neck. He's gonna try and close his nose. Oh, and the, the other hand is gonna pick the his a dagger and start like stabbing like the chest of the creature. Okay. Now, uh, when you say stabbing, does that mean you want to multi-action, or are you gonna? I mean, considering the situation, I uh, the the creature is vulnerable. I don't know. I don't know if there's any benefit besides 
it being bound and distracted. That's, uh, there's more bonuses to my attacks, giving that. Bound, they're distracted and vulnerable, and they can't move. Right. They can't take any physical actions other than trying to break free. Um, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, so I would say a singular attack. Yeah. Now, do you want to maintain your grapple on it? I mean, sure. Yes. Okay. For flavor-wise, yeah, you're stabbing at it, but we'll say that this is a crush maneuver because I think trying to actually attack it any other way, you would loosen your grapple on it. So it would be like one action to maintain my grapple and then a second action to attack. That's what I'm getting. If you try and attack at all, yeah. you would lessen the effectiveness of your grapple. However, which in grappling, there's a maneuver called crush, which you can try and you know squeeze hard oh. and inflict pain. We'll flavor that as you stabbing with your knife. It's, you're just oh. not super effective because you're still trying to maintain it. Yeah, I like that. I like that. So that's make opposed strength rolls. Oh, strength rolls. Yeah. Uh, that's sure. <laughs> Trigger is not very strong, but anyway, that's an eight. Eight. I mean, you are rolling a wild die. Yeah. May not be strong, but he's wiry. Almost. Seven, so five actually. So you win, roll your strength. Now just click on your strength, you're rolling your, your strength for damage. This is my strength with the wild die or? The wild the... die would not count. Okay, so that's a minus one. So I guess like I'm crushing him so much that I'm like putting some like his back together and he has like I'm helping him some form and I'm giving like giving him a massage in some way. You're <laughs> like you're just, kind of like oh. you pull out a dagger and you're kinda of like trying to stab him, but you're making some cuts on him, but he nothing lethal has landed yet. Alright, alright. And it is its turn. All it can do is try to break free, so Okay, we're gonna say after this turn your distracted will go away. But it is I'm, I'm still burnable, right? The only action it can take is try and break free. So it is making an athletics check to try and break free. All right. Three. Uh, and this is an opposed roll, so make an athletics roll. So I roll a five. Okay, yeah. It's You can feel it's... You can smell its fetid breath and its tongue like lolling around as it's like just trying to like kind of like swing around and break free of you unsuccessfully please someone do the something as i'm like just wobbling with the creature all right is it still entangled it's not a look at it like a really effective wrestling hold it is bound and entangled okay and i am distracted yes you're distracted from the stench you can still act but you're just you're just distracted. Okay, but yeah, attacking it will will effectively just be a straight roll since it's vulnerable. I'm just gonna lash it with my rapier and try to uh try to disembowel and kill this thing. So that's a three, but that's a five because it's vulnerable. Yeah, it's not counting that it is vulnerable, so that would actually be a five. It's a five to hit. I'll spend a Benny. What's the worst that could happen? Uh, that's a six to hit, so I'll hold. Okay. 
It's a good because the six is what you needed to hit it. Excellent. Go ahead and roll for damage. Yeah. And is that at a plus two as well for vulnerable? No, that does not affect damage. Okay, here we go. D6 plus D4 with acing. That's not a very good roll. That's a three. I'm gonna re I'm gonna Benny that. It's a seven, I'll hold it. So your rapier kind of goes in, causes a slash on it. It is struggling still the same way. It doesn't seem to have really affected it. Not at all, huh? Yeah. It is a tough one. All right. Uh, with my my final last bit of this turn, yell, I have an idea, Truco. Let's drag it outside. You're up, Sil. Sil takes a shot at it. Two. It's vulnerable. Four. That hits. Crossbow bolt lodges in its stomach, and it's still just kind of wailing all over, trying to get you off its back, Truco. And here, even though we're not finished, let us take a little break. Welcome back, everyone. So, Russ and Torlin, last I asked you to make notice rolls. Russ rolled a three, correct? Uh, yes. And Torlin crit failed. Yep, that, that's a thing that Did happened. I? Uh-oh. Yes. And then you we just cut away them. from the scene without... <laughs> Terrible. So you guys start jogging. Are there steps? Up the west side of the cornfield. Right. Heading up. Uh, after having sent the sparks up, let everybody know that... Let the other group know that you guys are safe, but you haven't found anything. And as you're moving and before you get kind of past the cornfield, suddenly, right beneath you, Torlin, right from underneath the ground, comes this giant creature bursting out of the ground with these uh, pincers clacking. Rascal, it's Kyver's Maw! Is there a part of this island that isn't cursed asking for a friend? Yeah, I mean, it's got, like, great giant mandibles. It's an ant lion? It is way too large for that. Yeah, because ant lions are already pretty scary. <laughs> trying to think. I just read about one of these in the Monster Manual. Kind of jumps it? out, and you can see, like, this spittle comes out of its, kind of the size of its mouth as its head. It's got this carapace that comes out as it just bursts down to the ground. The saliva kind of drops down, and you hear this steam on the ground and everything. And it comes attacking you. We're handling this as a quick encounter. However, since you crit failed and were completely surprised, Torlin. Um, you betcha I was. Your combat roll is going to be at a minus two. Why don't you give it the drop on me instead? Because uh, it's a quick encounter, so the quick encounters can be resolved based on... Ah your guys' roles, not its roles. Very well. And you would just kind of like blunder past before you you suddenly rust. You hear this eruption of Earths and this shocking grasp by Torlin. As this beast just kind of like lurches up on top of him. Kind of like knocks him to the ground as it's has its legs over like its mandibles are clicking. And we're going to blast it. <laughs> it's it's going to get a kitty right to the face. Okay. 
So, resolve the quick encounter for you with an arcane skill roll. What are you looking to do, Torlin? Can I make a a toughness roll to not get chopped? Um, I mean, it's it's probably like a grapple check if he's got me between his mandibles. Yeah, I mean, any sort of fighting type roll, athletics roll, will work for this. Oh, I don't want to die to the Sarlacc. You can give me an Arcana roll, Russ. I will give you an Arcana roll. That was a three at first. Let me Benny that. Okay, that's a four. His Torlin will keep the four. That is a crit fail. That sure is. Look at that. On the well, I already check. said I kept. We got any adventure cards, buddy? Wow! Uh, so let's crit fail oh. on your knowledge uh, on your knowledge check to know what this creature is. Oh, um, that was it. Okay. Yeah. You've heard of these things before. The thing that's kind of odd is they're normally contained to cold climates. This is clearly a remoras that's come <laughs> out of here. It might be uh, a little bit short for one, but there's nothing that has this kind of like carapace on it, burrowing underneath the ground, coming up, attacking from this kind of angle. These things are known to have really hot insides that can burn and fry things. All right, so so I definitely then don't want to use my magic missile, my most damage efficient spell. I want to thunder wave it which costs more power points to try and knock it away from Torlin. Okay. Does that, does that sound about right? Yeah. Torlin right. let out a shocking gasp, and now Roscoe will give him a shocking grasp. <laughs> I think that good role play is worth a Benny. For uh, for Torlin certainly that rhyme was that rhyme was lit. Well, I, 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 I meant I was referring to Russ, but yeah, you can both have Benny. I'll, yeah. I'm not arguing with that. I will. I will say that rather than just spend one power point, then a thunder wave to shape it around Torlin is three power points. So okay. that is that is a much steeper cost. Oh, but you could short it. That's a good idea. You're right. I could short it. I'm not going to yet. I'm gonna oh, have this to is, start here soon. There's a phrase here. Resolve the encounter. So. Yeah. It comes to mind. Let's be bold. Uh-huh. No. So, Torlin, you're like underneath it. You grab its mandibles and are like trying to keep it away from your face. You actually notice that there's some spittle that kind of drops down next to your head. You did roll a four, so you are going to be taking a level of fatigue here. You did get a success. I need to actually roll spellcasting, don't I? Yeah. Not to so my burn spot. So some of the spittle drops down, hits you like in the cheek, and you're getting burned by acid. You can feel um, your skin boiling and, and coming up. And at that moment, you hear this huge clap of thunder, boosh, just come in. And this creature that's on top of you just gets like shoved and thrown off you as the thunder wave comes smashing into it, knocks it off Torland. It's melting my beard. And uh, for the listeners, with, that was uh, an eight. So a success with a raise on the spellcasting roll. Nice. Yeah, success with the raise. And the creature 
tumbles end over end, kind of gets up, and you see it just start immediately burrowing underneath the ground, kind of at an angle away from you guys, and takes off as you guys kind of like with this turn around and start running the other way back up towards the ridge line. Just grab Torlin uh, by the arm and just start huffing it. We gotta get to we gotta get to solid rock. These things can't burrow under that. And you you start making it up the pathway and the ridge line, and it does not return. Torlin, you do take a level of my face. Yeah, you do take a level of fatigue from um, bumps and bruises, effectively. Uh, On my character sheet, minor acid burns. You don't happen to have a salve, do you? I'll never be able to get a pointed beard after this. I'm going to go ahead and pull out the healer's kit from Torland's kit and start trying to find some kind of ants, acid. I think it's the last charge of the healer's kit, isn't it? There are, there are no. two left on it. The healing rolls from the fatigue last time were attempted actually without the healing roll. Oh. A, a crit fail just ruined that a little bit. Yeah, I would like to use a charge of the healing kit to try and get this acid taken oh, care of. Oh, it's worth it. It's worth it, my boy. Before it burns the beard away. <laughs> Save my beard. So yeah, I mean, you could support this, Torlin, since you're proficient in healing. Uh, what am I gonna do? Rub some spit in it? <laughs> no, I, I mean, I don't you, know how I'd support it. I mean, you could be the one digging out the healer's kit and be like. Eh. Quick, wait, wait. But my it's organized in a very specific way. Let me get it. I'll do a a smarts roll to support. Uh, it's typically a skill. So we'll just still call it healing because it will be the same. Okay. <laughs> That's a hey. two. Oh four. wait. Well, it's it's Where? a four, but I had a minus ace two on the D four. Yeah, it's a four. It's it's all good. Okay. Yeah. It's a four okay. total. Uh, so, so you have a you have a plus one Russ. modifiers, and that's a four. Did it not count my fatigue? It is, yeah, kind of fatigue. But then there's a plus one. Oh, and the healer's kit. The healer's kit. There's no penalty. Hmm. So that is a correct roll, which is a three, which is not a success. Okay. Torland support negates your your fatigue. Right, right, right. So I need to spend. I need to throw a, a Benny at that. Oh. I was looking at Torlands. That's why I was like, why is there a four showing up? Yeah, I'll throw a Benny at this. He's worth it. And that is now a seven. Oh, if Torland could hear that, it would bring tears to his eyes. <laughs> Hold still, you grumbling furball. <laughs> is it? Is it fixed? Did you get it all? Yeah, but your beer's going to be a little lopsided from now on. It's got a little, How's got it a little slant does it make me look tough yeah do you want me to maybe add a little scar to it Uh, well it needs to be symmetrical for the cauldron style ah i'll have to get to barber when we get back to port we'll get you we'll get you a barber when we get back to to port but right now i'd I'd, just if you if you tilt your head to the left a little bit it all kind of evens out (laughs) right there's a little slant to it right now oh very smart all right, and Torlin will just start hurrying on with his kind of trying to get the right head angle. Yeah, no, a little Torlin's bit more. All right, yeah, right there. All right, let's get up. Let's get going. All right, back at the stockade. 
Next round here, Truco draws three of diamonds, which means he needs a new card. Mm -hmm. Gets a nine of hearts instead. Dana can either have the seven of clubs or the seven of spades. So I'll take the seven of spades. Gast gets to go first. It is going to try and break free from Truco. That's a four. I roll an athletics roll. Four. Uh, yes, the opposed athletics roll. That is a something better. That's a ten. It is just having the hardest time getting you off of his like, back. Get in there. You know, get in there. you're. It's kind of like one of the reasons why you weren't able to stab it very much, because like as soon as you went in to try and start stabbing it, it just started, started like to, throwing to, to you all over the place. Him. Yeah, and you just have to grab on even harder to kind of like yeah, yeah. keep just, it like, from really having, moving or going anywhere. I mean, like this, just trying to get as much as like his neck as possible. Slippery Sill will try and do um, Dana's last in the action. So he'll try and do a support action to Dana. Since there's no real room to kind of get in there against it, Sill kind of like puts a hand on your back, getting ready to like shove you at the right moment to help give you some momentum. So All right. Sill's going to make an athletics check to try and support you. Come on, Sill. Four. That is a success. So that's plus one. Good job, Sil. You sh if you haven't checked already, Truco, you do have an adventure card. Yeah, thank you. I don't know if it comes in handy, but I will check it out anyway. Yeah, I don't I don't know what you have. Um, and it is your turn, Truco. Okay, uh, question. Being bound uh, and entangled means that he doesn't he can move, but can I move with him? With the creature? Since you're small and wiry and you're not that strong, and given how you described grappling it which seems the only reasonable way that you can keep it from moving it's going to be difficult for you to move how i'm flavoring it is that i am pulling my weight as much as possible to the back so i can like flip him back and then like using my legs to just push him and try to get him out of the door or the entrance because dana okay. dana did shout out that we need to get him out of here right yeah, I okay. I have an idea that Truco would absolutely not have any way to know what the idea is. Okay, but I just Truco just heard that, so he's like, "Okay, I have to take this thing out." Give so me, he will try to do that. Give me a strength roll. A strength roll? Oh shit! Okay. Oh boy. This, you'll be rolling your wild die with this, so. Yeah, not enough. That's a two. Okay. Um, we'll say you're able to kind of move them just one square instead of more than that. You get them close right. to the door, not quite out of All the right. door. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now that would that would technically just count as movement. So if you want to oh. do something to support Dana, you can. Yeah, I will try to uh, assign just grabbing here. Try to like take his arms away so I can expose his chest or throat. Devil, uh, like a uh, weak area, this creature may have. Yeah, that's that sounds like an athletics role for me for sport. All right, and that is an eight plus two. Nice plus two. Yes, and plus two. Why? Ah, yeah, because of the success with the raise gives plus two. Dana also has a plus one from Sill, so that is a Dana is at a plus three. Incidentally, I meant to from the particularly <laughs> the descriptions of how you're wrestling this thing and fighting. Meant to give you bennies for that. Yeah, no worries. I mean, both of you kind of like how you're, how this whole combat's going. It's pretty cool. All right. 
I'm going to do a multi-action. No, I'm not okay. sure. I'm not sure about the logistics of the second one. But let's start with the first. So the plus three would only be for one action. All right. That's fine. What are the logistics of kicking this creature out of Truco's grasp? If you want to get out, we'll call that a push maneuver. And if you're successful on the push maneuver, Truco can let go of him if he wants. All right, here's what I'm gonna do. Have uh, Has Truco successfully out. dragged it outside the hut? No, it's just in the doorway. And Truco is completely between it and the outside? You know, it's kind of pulling back. Truco is all over its back. Here's Thunder what I want to do well. with they're, my- They're effectively I, in the same square. Yeah. All right, so it's here's like what I want to do with my multi-action. Chuck a bottle of Alchemist's Fire like a couple of squares behind this where Truco and the monster creature thingy are and then use my support bonus to kick it back into the blast template. Because of the door, you would have to do it over in this direction. That's fine. What do I roll for for Hawk and some alchemist's fire here? Uh, an athletic roll. Truco is looking at Dana's eyes in this moment and trying to understand the situation and he's like ready to move out. That's a three and I'm going to Benny it. That's a five and I'm going to hold. Nice. Uh, With my plus three support bonus, I am going to bring my leg up, lean back with Syl bracing me and then to push me forward and try to kick that, this thing into the into the flame with all my might. What am I rolling? That would be an athletics roll. And I will I will add flavor to that and say as Dane is doing that, uh, Truco is trying to get his hands well, in we'll, his shoulder. If you're gonna and let him go, to, we'll say this is yeah. part of the support roll. And yeah. as soon as you like, she yeah. lands the kick, you're yeah. pushing as well. <laughs> is oh, this right. a okay. roll? Yes, it will be. All right, well, I'll go ahead and roll my athletics and See what you are at comes a plus, the other side. You're at a plus three. Plus three. What do we got? That is an eight. I'm gonna hold at the eight. A one. Let's spend a Benny. Uh, can you check if, if it is a critical? Oh, what? Or uh, there was a. It was a dirty one. Oh. On that one. But that was not a dirty one. After the Benny. No, it wasn't. That was a, an eight, a nine. Uh, I think I deserve a Benny for having a fantastic idea that you just totally stole from me by spending I mean, a Benny of your wait, own. You have, you have a plus three here, right? You already put the plus three on the... That's with the pl- that is with the plus three. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. I, I think Ellie deserves a Benny in recompense because that was just filthy, Phil. That was filthy. That was not cool. You're welcome. So yeah, you kick it to try and throw it in it. It's still in Truco's grasp, but it rolled in such a way that your kick didn't land quite that well. Truco tries to catch him again so in order to maintain the grapple. I'm going to allow that it's still grappled because technically you didn't let him go yet. However you uh, want to play it out. Six of spades for Dana or four of hearts. I will take the six of spades. Truco with the King of Diamonds, the Ghoul with the Nine of Diamonds, Syl with an Eight of Clubs, and Dana with the Six of Spades. Yep. 
Anybody want a new card? No. I think I'm okay. Truco, you are up first. Truco's gonna try and... Um... Want to try and support Dana again? Uh, sure, yeah, sure. He's gonna um, try to make the ghoul... Try to make him lose uh, his leg support with his own legs and try to like disrupt him and, and try to make him tumble a bit in order to be more easily pushable. Okay. Um, and and also move with him closer to the alchemy fire using my okay. movement. I guess me, that's uh, a strength roll. Yep, strength okay. roll. Strength roll, that is a two. You're able to move him slightly closer, but not quite there. All right. And, uh, and the yeah the support make, role it will be make, yeah, make an athletics roll that is uh, not good but somewhat good that's a four okay that's good for a plus one it is the ghoul's turn continues to try and break free from true so can keep trying that's an ace that's an ace so let's let's try what and was see. the athletics roll no oh, that was almost a ten and I will, I will ban this. I, I, I cannot skip the, the temptation to mess with GM's good rolls. Uh, so that's a six, and I don't have many. So that's a six. So it manages to loosen your grip quite a bit. It is no longer bound, but it is still entangled. All right. Tuko stumbles to the side. Tangle makes it distracted. So it's no longer vulnerable, but it is distracted. Oh, so he loses okay. one uh, status. He has to then yes. try again to lose the other one. So Truk is kind of yeah. still grappling him, but not enough. Yeah. Okay. If you if you'd kept the first roll, that would have been a success with the raise, and, and it would have then completely it broke will out. Completely, yeah. Okay. Okay. So Good to know. Even though you did not succeed with the Benny, it was a Benny well spent. Good to know. Sill is. Gonna try and grab after its legs. I hope Dana again. Let's let's roll. That's a five for another plus one. So Dana has a plus two on her next action. I'll just try to kick it again since it came real close to working last time. As far as Dana sees, we've just need to get this thing to burn. So that's I'm at a plus two for that. Yes. I don't know if I need a multi-action for this or not. My intention, regardless of the outcome of this roll, is to kick the kick the ghoul or whatever it is, then grab Syl and draw her back a little bit away from the fire and put Guardian's Redirect on her. Guardian's Redirect is a limited free action, so you can do that. Yeah. So I can yeah, so you won't be able to actually move her or anything. Yeah. All right. You know, just for expediency, I'll mark those power points off right away. And that's flavored for melee for her. Uh, melee defense. And let's kick this thing again. That is a two. Did I use my support bonus there? Nope. I did not. So that's actually a seven. I am going to Benny it. There's an ace. Did that count the plus two as well? Nope, when you've already rolled once, any additional modifiers don't count on the card. Okay, so so that's a 10. Yeah, as I, as I just let out a yell and kick at it, I bra- I'm bracing myself with Syl and my hand on her shoulder. 
those blue glowing sparks flare up around her coming off of my hand. Spend a Benny, you double ace it. Two. I will spend another <laughs> Benny. Uh, come yeah. on, man. Don't taunt that's him. That's a one. That's even worse. That's the one. So, don't don't goad him. This doesn't feel good. He's wasting bennies. That's um, this for us. Don't goad him. This doesn't feel good. Burn, burn those bennies. I know it's fair play. Them bennies. <laughs> fair play to ya. <laughs> I'm the only so, one who gets to go to DM. You, you kick it back. Truco, are you letting it go? Yes, sure. It hits the stockade wall lands in the alchemist fire and gets knocked down to the ground as well so it is knocked prone it's no longer entangled but it does immediately take 2d4 damage and then 2d4 minus 2 damage at the start of its next turn until doused with fire until doused with water (laughs) (laughs) about to say Yeah. yeah Oh, there's an nice. ace on the damage. Eight, eight total damage. Yeah. You want to spend one of your bennies on it? Do I want to spend my benny on that damage roll? Yeah. I mean, you, sh- you threw the alchemist fire, so. Yes, I do. So that's just a straight up 2d4. Yep. With an ace. With an ace. And oh, you're okay. for me. But okay. gets another eight. That That's that. Uh, I did not put my benny in that pool, so there it goes. Um. It is so again. It it hits the wall, kind of lands prone on the ground. Is rolling around in the fire. Okay. The guardians redirect on On Sill, and she'll kind of feel like, besides seeing like the the, those blue sparks dance along her hands and arms, whatever. She's going to feel something different, like this sensation of something not uncomfortable, like tightening, securing over her whole body, and then everything just feels good. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah. Truco, three of spades, which means he gets a new card because he's quicker than that. Yes. Three hearts. He's quicker than that. Nice. Jack of clubs. That's better. Dana Dana has a ten of spades or a five of diamonds. Dana's taken the ten. And you all get to act before the ghast does. Right. So it is prone, so it is parry is reduced by two. So it is but, easier to hit right now. But he's on the alchemy fire, right? Can we approach him in a way that we don't get caught by the fire? Or... Yeah, I'm, the, the, the fire is... He's kind of like consumed in the fire. You can swing in the fire. Or throw knives. I mean, you are a knife thrower. Yeah, yeah I prefer, it's just I will the prefer one to square. Throw knives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I will do one action and and just point one uh, one dagger and just try to throw it at his head, and I will aim for the head. Aim for the head. Okay, cool. Yeah. So that's with the knife. Called shot to the head. So you roll a six. Called shot to the head is minus five, so it would be a one. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, and that's it. Just like throw a knife, miss it. <laughs> the 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 thing Just is like rolling it. into the fire. Yeah. And Dana is up next. Show us what you got, Goddaughter. <laughs> Even if the flames do lick me a little bit, I just want to get over it as much as possible. Run it straight through the heart or whatever might be there instead with my rapier. Okay. And 
Guardians redirect on Dana will drop at the end of this round because it's been five rounds. I'm just straight up attacking. That is a seven and I got no Benny, so that's a seven to hit. And that will hit. So just uh, regular damage, yeah? Yes. Here we go. That's didn't ace. Did not ace, but that's a double ace. That's a double ace. So I'm going to roll my 1d6 and 1d4 again. Nice. Let's see. Yeah. And that's another ace on the d4. Another ace on the d4 for a total of uh, 24 damage. Yeah, yeah. 24 damage. 24 damage. As you said, you were kind of charging forward to it with your rapier and just running it through what you believed its heart was. Right? Yep. yep. Is that what I heard? And you do exactly that. <laughs> yeah, I just come over again, still giving me another little encouragement forward as True goes back and up and just, you know, just straight down into it. And I pull my sword up and I immediately run back into the hut to, because I need to know what's in there and light a torch. Yeah. Okay. You light a torch. Yep. Get some light in there as it is definitely darkening quite a bit. As this, you know, the creature goes down and it smelled bad before. Now it just smells, sounds the smell of burnt flesh. And you go inside the lodge Mm-hmm. And there is a body there that one of its legs is already completely missing. Part of it's a hand, clearly chewed out. And it is Master Scourge. Huh. Okay. What? Dun, dun, dun. That's. And you, sorry, I, I just yeah. got distracted by just a few seconds, just like Christmas seconds. What is what's the situation with. Uh, how is he? Oh, he's. Yeah, I mean, you are can there any signs of life quick, here? As I, as I kneel beside the body, are there any signs of life? Hey, give, give me a healing check. Yeah, I, I might as well might as well play my adventure card and get myself a d6 and heal in here. Do that is passed to the discard pile, yeah? Might as well. This is yeah. exciting. An adventure card. So that's, uh, that's my epiphany that. I'm going to have a D6 in healing for the remainder of the session. I might not be good at patching people up, but Dana's seen a lot of dead bodies on the battlefield. Something you never understood before suddenly clicks and you gain a D6 and the skill you choose for the remainder of the game session. Yeah. So, yeah, like, give me a notice roll since your notice is a D6. Just do it. No, sure. That's an ace on the wild die. That's an 11. An 11. So examining Master Scourge, he's clearly dead. His leg is missing. There's a large pool of blood out. You see nearby, there's some bones chewed up with the marrow kind of sucked out of it. Part of his arm was starting to get eaten. The thing that actually strikes you as odd is in his complexion and his face and stuff like that, even though there's some blood splattered on there and he's got a, a mask of fear and death, is there's a sunkenness to his skin 
I mean, he was normally pretty thin anyways, but this was like unnaturally so. This was this was normal. And there's a there's a, a bluish tint to his green skin and stuff like that that seems kind of weird. And this kind of complexion to his skin and stuff like that seems to predate his immediate death. It was, it was around longer than that. But I mean, you know, I mean, the last you guys saw him was 12 hours ago. So it's not like hunger or anything like that. Yeah. Is there, all right, immediately getting back up with the torch to look around. Is there anything else in this hut that suggests signs of the people we're actually looking for? Not in the slightest. As you look around, you know, you got the torches, stuff like that. All of you can make notice rolls unless you want to support, somebody wants to support each other. Uh, we'll do that with Sil. Sil. You know, in the, in, the, in the meantime, Trooper enters and like, okay, what's this? What? There is something interesting. Holy shit. Oh. And he's just like, takes his jacket and tries to like, take off the smell. He's like, feeling like, oh, oh. Kirko, stay God, outside gosh. if you have to. It's okay. It's okay. There's, there's no one to help here. Um, so if you're telling Truco to go out, still goes in and helps you out. She gives you a plus two on your notice roll. No, he he's still notice. I'm just flavoring it as the first okay. impactful uh, situation, yeah. but he he's doing a notice as yeah, well. Yeah, I'm just tell- that's just Dan telling Truco that if he needs to go outside and puke, that's okay. No, no, no. I, I just I'm I'm pretty fine. I'm just quite shocked at the situation. It's just doesn't matter. And uh, he's gonna look at Scourge. Oh, that's uh, a plus Yep. That's another ace for a nine for Dana on the notice. So this is a single chambered room. There's a comfortable looking bed here, even though it's in some like age and disrepair and stuff. I mean, all over in here, there's an overpowering stench of rot. Flies flying around. There's a small writing desk here. There's a bunch of cooking gear. There's a bunch of barrels. There's uh, a bunch of spears sitting in a makeshift rack. Some bags of spices that you find. There's a couple suits of leather armor hanging around. You find a potion bottle. You find some loose coinage and some drawers and chests. There's some some outfits that look like they would go well for uh, women of pleasure. Some nice courtiers outfits in that regard. You find some bags of spices and a wedding band. And you also find a journal on the room. And you also notice that there was uh, up from one of the branches, there was this chain hanging down on it with this loop at the end and a knockdown footstool. Kind of from the sense of things and, and like the positioning of Master Scourge and everything like that, you actually wonder if like there was a body hanging here some time ago because there's some sign, little signs of struggle, and that's Maybe. kind of all that you notice. Okay, well, uh, I'll I'll go through the housekeeping of of picking stuff up here, but also. Uh, and you were checking out Master Scourge, right, Truco? Uh, yeah, no, I would, I would like, like to have a moment while like Dana is searching the room. I'm uh, definitely going to be reading that journal. Truco is probably like uh, sitting on his legs, really next to, well, to Scourge. 
Yeah, so now Chuck is like uh, with with the dagger in his hand. He's like his hands are resting on his knees as he's sitting on his legs, half sitting, and he's looking at him, and uh, he's saying, "You know, I I was planning something similar for you at some point. It's a pretty disappointing to see you here. I was planning on like you now just messing around with you at the ship, maybe just throwing you on a desert island and just going south, going out." You seem to do that for yourself. That's that's quite impressive. I mean, that's and his look at his missing legs and everything. Just you did quite think to yourself, given this situation. Seems like you did fall short, even at being a dwarf, a dwarf, an orc. I mean, but hope you find a better place wherever you're going. Don't mind if I take your ear for a moment. And he's just like with his dagger, he's gonna cut his ear off, and. Dana has no idea because her nose is buried in this journal right now, but, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And there is, uh, Chuko, he, he still he's, has his gear on him. As well as afterwards inspecting Scourge for whatever he has. Yeah, so, I mean, he's got some Galifars and dragons on him. And, and his mouth's hanging open. He's got some gold teeth in, in his mouth if he wanted to take those. Oh, don't mind if I do He's got a little little leather snuff box with a diamond stud in it. Contains this dark powder that has a very acrid smell in it. He has a what seems to be marked as a potion of blur on a belt pouch. You got ten gold dragons, twenty nine galifars, not gold dragons, platinum dragons, and there's the hammer that he used to carry, which is it's a high quality hand axe. Did I say hammer? I meant to say hand axe. Okay. While Ernesto's doing his thing. Truco. I, Truco. No, no, while Truco's doing his thing. Ernesto wouldn't do that, just to clarify. No. I'm, <laughs> I've been... Just I'm sure. if, if there is any like clarification to be had, yeah. This is good to clarify, yes. <laughs> uh, I, I'm leafing through this journal. I just clap it shut and say thrice damned Carnes and their six damned hubris is still armored? No. What's she wearing? Sailor's clothes. Are her arms covered? Is your chest covered? What are you looking for? Sorry, I'm I'm looking for if anyone who is not covered up right now, I want them to put on some of that leather armor. Okay. Oh, yeah, I, I clap the journal shut and swear about Carnes and their hubris and say, we need to go back down the ridge to the south. That's where we'll find the Grindylo. That should be where we find Sandar and Scrimshaw. Let's wait for the others before we go back. Otherwise, they won't know where we've gone. Are, have either of you been injured? Were either of you injured by that by the ghoul? Chukuloski himself? Seems like not. All right, take this armor. I need you to cover up. I don't know if we're going to run into any more, if it's just Grindelow down south or not, but in case if you get scratched by one of these things, you will turn. So get covered up. All right, yeah. I don't want to get up like that, certainly. This journal says that the Grindelow are holed up in a cove down the southern end of the ridge. Once Russ and Torlin get here, that's where we're headed. Roger that. 
Oh, in the meantime, Kyber. we wait for them, or we need to wait for them, or they'll have no idea where we've gone. Okay, I might try again to get this eyeglass out of the thing, if I, if you don't mind. Yeah. Go, Dana, but just uh, you only have until they get here. Sure, that's more of than a, than enough time. Up I go. Uh, so you go to the spyglass there, Truco. Yeah, and Truco's gonna pick up his Thebes tools and see if there's any way that he can, like, maybe with that, help to loosen up some metal to get something that the thing that is holding it. So, in order to dig it out, uh, give me a notice roll. All right, that is uh, three. Okay. So, I know. Sorry, I do. Yeah, so it just takes you some work to begin to get it loose. It's not it's not particularly strongly attached. It was just fixed in a very specific location, so it just took some time. Okay. In the moment, uh, you were dealing with some potential noises and something that was in the lodge, so you didn't spend a lot of time in there. So, you know, it just takes you a couple minutes to, to be able to take it off. Is there but anything else in the... Utility or the room? No, there is not, but you can now. You should be able to take that spyglass from that pile if you want. Nice. So you all wait for about 35, 40 minutes. Russ and Torlin get up to the time. By this point, the sun has set. Okay. You know, all the time, Trucus is like testing the spyglass. Uh, just, he never. Got to use one. Probably looking at Rust and Torrin at some point. We waving. need to get the rotten six hells off this island as fast as possible. There is a Remmer has down there back in those <laughs> cornfields. Um, Remmer what? A what? what is a Remmer has. I, I thought they only existed in cold climates, but it's. Torlin is, is right, standing right, back right, a little easy. bit with his head cocked, kind of unusually. Uh, I mean, the, that's what's coming with your beer, but anyway, uh, the, what's the rubber? Well, what? It's doesn't... it's a, a burrowing creature. It's it's nasty. It's a an apex predator. Uh, I have no idea how one got on this island. It is a mystery for the ages. I, maybe I miss saw something too, but uh, it's it's got acid. It would it spat Russ, some of Torlin, but we. What? Russ, focus, focus. We have a lead. They're they're not here. Scourge is here. Scourge is dead. We didn't kill him. The Grindelor down the ridge to the south. We need sadly. To Scourge. Don't worry yeah, about Scourge. No longer He's dead. We need yeah, to move right. down the ridge to the south. That's where we'll find our people. You are all far more productive than us. Then is all right. Torlin's gonna go and where is Scourge? He's in. He's in the hut. He's then he's there. If you want to go him? and what's and left of him anyways? Look at him. I, you I, heard the description, right? I did. Uh, so he's Tarlin, also missing an ear now. Well, that's strange. <laughs> so Torlin looks over at Scourge, and you got you. The rest of you here from outside of the hut, and I knew it would work. <laughs> I, uh, as we're you know, it's kind of regrouping. Russ, there's there's some spears in that hut. If you want anything extra to go after the Grindelow and Sill, 
I, I kind of put my hand on Syl's shoulder. I assume she's quite a bit shorter than I am. I just look at her it, where everyone can hear and say, you did good. Let's finish Let's finish what we came for, yeah? Rascal, are you going into the hut as no. well? No, no. I, I got everything I need to fight. You originally had two alchemist fire, right, Dana? I did, and I used one and gave one to Syl to hold. So now I have yeah. none. I, I shouldn't have any on my sheet now. Do you want the one back from Syl, or is Syl still holding it? She can hold on to it. She's proven herself. Okay. I've got no reason to take it from her. Yeah, just wanted to make sure, so. So Dorlin comes out. You can see that there's uh, some some dirt on his knees, a little bit like he's been kneeling down. I feel confident now. We're being looked after. I think uh, the rest of our time on this island will go without a hitch. Let's go and what find Sindara. What are you talking about, Uncle? I'm not going to ask questions. We're going to go down the ridge. The sovereigns are looking out for us, that's all. It, you know what? If you believe that, then then maybe that's enough for both of us. All right, let's go. Naya, I light up a torch and start, a, start heading on down to where the journal said the Grindula were. So, from what you remember on the island, it will be more challenging since it is dark now. All this, this ridgeline, this is not necessarily cliff face. It is steep rock and covered with jungle and underbrush. The clearest way down, of course, is back the path you found. Yeah, and a cove would suggest that it's at the waterline, so back down the path in the dark, I think, is faster than bushwhacking on a cliff in the dark. Okay. Any Not in position to argue. No, no. From there, we will end this session here tonight. Thank you, everyone, for listening. I hope you return next week. Well, I'm Michael with Torlin. Hello. Vindicated. I'm vindicated and well protected by the Sovereign. Here, I am Ernesto with Truco. Lovely to be here. Yes, the Sovereigns. The sovereign, yes. <laughs> oh dear, this not, this is not fine. Everything's fine. I'm Ellie, and I played Dana. And I'm Kevin. I played Rascal. And I'm your dungeon master, Philip. Thank you for listening to the Mourners of Lazar, and we hope you come back next week. Good night, everyone. Good night, everybody. Good night. Good night. <laughs>